We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America podcast. My name is Bill Trochi, senior editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, our lead college football writer at SportingNews.com. And Bill, well, first off, we want to thank everyone for listening on Spotify, of course, and Apple Podcasts to the CFB Nation feed, uh, plus those watching in our CFB Nation YouTube channel. Uh, we appreciate the subscribers there. This pod- podcast is brought to you by Irish Breakdown, your source for information on Notre Dame football. I just checked the calendar, Bill. <laughs> we are 15 weeks from week zero, and we are approaching your magic number of 100 days till kickoff. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I call those 15 weeks summer. We're allowed to have summer first, but obviously, as you know, the uh, calendar never stops. We had an event yesterday. We've got three really good topics to talk about today. So uh, we'll, we'll combine all those. And as usual, yeah, I mean, uh, the under the 100-day mark almost, that's going to get serious. It's going to get serious. So we got, yeah, some big recruiting news to talk about, of course, from yesterday. And then we're going to talk about your annual piece of the uh, top 25 quarterbacks in the nation. 
uh, the summertime talking season that we like to, to break down. You've done a great job on that over the years. And then, of course, uh, a little bit of expansion talk, a little bit of news this week floating in, uh, especially around the ACC. So we can touch on that uh, as we get into it. But first, let's talk the number one quarterback, the number one player in the class of 2024 is finally off the board. Dylan Rayola committed to Georgia yesterday. Uh, not the first five-star QB for Kirby Smart, but maybe the first five-star QB that earns QB1 for Kirby. I don't know. Uh, you wrote about it yesterday. Former Ohio State commit. Uh, had ties to Nebraska. Decommitted from Ohio State in December. Apparently, Kirby jumped right in. Uh, the winning the national championship a few weeks later didn't hurt the, uh, the Bulldogs case. And ultimately he's going to land in Athens. Yeah. And a uh, fourth five-star quarterback that Kirby smarts landed, obviously getting the top player of the country. And as you and I were talking about yesterday, it shows a little bit of the evolution of, I was getting some flack on Twitter for calling it a dynasty, but I mean, back-to-back national championships, <laughs> in line for a third one, you, you can call them, it's getting there. And uh, to add that on top of all the things they already have, Kirby, funny as it is, for everything that George has accomplished, the one criticism still that gets lobbed at Kirby is that he messed up Justin Fields. And, and I think that sticks here. Uh, you know, maybe Briola sees the field. They can still recruit elite players at the position. Uh so it's a huge gift for Georgia, obviously. Yeah, I mean, Alabama won national championships with guys that weren't first-round picks, a quarterback. And then uh, now they've had three straight first-round picks, and uh, they had Jay, they you know recruited Jalen Hurts, obviously, and had him start for a year. Um, and so now uh, Georgia has won with guys who have not been first round quarterbacks of, you know, talk about a dynasty. I mean, they were in overtime in the national championship game, then won two titles and a preseason right. one next year. So yeah, we're well, well underway of a Georgia dynasty right now. Um, and yeah, they haven't had like a, really a first round QB at the controls. Um, and then, uh, you know, Saban later in his tenure right now, he's got first round QBs. Now he doesn't have a first round QB next year. And we're like, Oh my goodness is with that. We got big, big crisis in, in Tuscaloosa right now because they couldn't find anybody this spring. who's not going to be a first round quarterback. Well, Saban has won without first round quarterbacks before, uh, but now smart again, seems to be following the, the Saban pattern. And, and now, you know, maybe he's going to be, cause I watched him on a, I watched some of his uh, huddle highlights. He does. He's just, he's got the, the measurables. Um, it's fun to watch him. I mean, high school offenses are not very complex, obviously. So his decision-making is, uh, you know, to be, to be determined. Um, but uh, great body. Uh, doesn't run a ton, but can avoid the rush. Does a little bit of the Mahomes thing where he's like scrambling to his left, but throws it to his right, opens his hips up and can still get something on it kind of thing um impressive all hollow highlights generally are impressive but right. um you can see you can see things uh how he avoided the rush every once in a while his deep ball is very nice um and like i said you know is he gets rid of the ball pretty quickly it's about evolution though i mean saban's dynasty evolved early it was mark ingram and trent richardson and even derrick henry and now it revolves around the quarterback and in the riola feature we wrote yesterday, 
I, I asked the question to Kirby Smart at the championship game of, are you frustrated as a defensive coach that these semifinal games are 55 to or whatever the TCU Michigan score was 51 45. And remember he played in a Rose bowl with Oklahoma that got near the fifties in overtime. And he said, well, it's an offensive game and you need to adjust. And that's a defensive coordinator saying it. And I've been around enough defensive coordinators. They don't like offense. They don't like when people score. They don't like games like that. I don't like games like that. I hate, I joke with you all the time. I hate 51 to 45 games because it shows that nobody can tackle. Um, or execute on the defensive side. But so to get him, I mean, yeah, it's the most hyped quarterback they're going to have since Matthew Stafford, since they didn't keep Justin Fields. And Stafford was part of a group that had A.J. Green and no Sean Moreno, and they didn't win a national title, but they were very good. So, again, it just to me, it's just Georgia flexing, basically, and saying we have all this NFL talent. Now we can get the top quarterback in the country. Obviously, like what Mike Bobo had to say, um, yeah, it's it's it. The beat goes on at Georgia. The rich get richer. Yeah, it's not like their QB room isn't fairly deep already right now. Um, you know, they've got guys waiting in the wings behind Carson Beck who are pretty good, pretty good high school credentials anyway. So we'll see where that goes. So I looked at, um, you know, with Rail Rail off the board, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the top 15 QBs, according to rivals.com, uh, are off the board. Uh, now and uh, I was kind of looking down the list. Georgia has got the number one quarterback. Alabama has number two quarterback in uh, California. Uh, Julian Sayan. Uh, Michigan landed the number three quarterback uh, out of Charlotte. Jaden Davis. Um, those are uh, three schools that sound like they regularly compete for the playoff spots. Bill. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> and then Aaron Noland, uh, Ohio State, down at eleven. There was a lot of written about. Noland and Davis were at the same camp, and these camp counselors have a sense of humor. They put those two back to back in the same drill. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you got to have quarterback. You got to have quarterback depth. One of the impressive things with Georgia is all three of the guys on their roster now, back and Vandegrift and Gunnar Stockton, one, none of them went in the portal. Two, they all have a redshirt year under them. And Kirby's been able to stick with the philosophy with the exception of 2023 of landing a quarterback each year and keeping most of those quarterbacks mm -hmm. now, except for the five-star guys. So that's what makes this Riola thing so interesting. But yeah, who knew that the top quarterbacks in the country are going to the best places in the country. And yeah. CJ Carr at Notre Dame will be one that uh, we'll watch very closely. Obviously we all know about the recruitment there and, and being grandson of Lloyd Carr and all the drama that that caused. But it will be weird for some Michigan fans to see Lloyd Carr's grandson in a Notre Dame uh, uniform, but by all accounts, he's a pretty good one. Will Lloyd Carr win a no wear a Notre Dame hat? Oh, he already did. He there's he the picture did. of him. Yeah. yeah, he had a picture at the commitment. So everybody <laughs> was like, "Well, that definitely looks weird." But uh, uh -huh. um, no, it, it's it's a loaded class, and it's you know again, the rich get richer as we get ready for the 12 team playoff era. <clears throat> yeah, so yeah, you mentioned Carr. He's a fourth-rated QB. DJ Lagway at uh, number five went to Florida, a team that desperately needs some good QB news. Um, so they're in good shape there. Arkansas QB Walker White, not to be confused with Walter White, uh, is headed to Auburn, uh, and uh, they obviously need QBs as well. And then you mentioned, yeah, Ohio State ended up with Aaron Noland. 
uh, who has a better name than Dylan Rayola. Maybe not a better game, though, but uh, he is the uh, 11th-ranked QB, and he will be heading to Columbus from Georgia. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where the QBs stand. They're all kind of off the board. Now the rest of the classes can sort of take shape. Uh, you know, many have already, but uh, the, the competition for the wide receivers uh, will get clearer. Uh, for them, they're, they're usually kind of the last ones off the board to commit, and uh, they like to see where the QBs are going before they before they end up committing. So, um, so yeah, so Dylan Raiola, big news uh, for May and uh, big news for Georgia. All right, topic number two, let's talk about the top 25 QB list. Uh, that's published. It was published Wednesday. This podcast will be published Wednesday as well. Um, it's an annual summer list. Um, last year, you had Hendon Hooker at number five. Good call right there, kind of ahead of the game. Uh, in uh, 2021, I think you had Spencer Rattler at number one, and uh, he didn't survive the season, although he got beat out by a pretty good quarterback right there. I got some Trochi trivia before we get into this year's list. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. So getting ready for this podcast, you sent me your, your I think, your 2020 Mm-hmm. Uh, top 25, you're 2021, you're 2022. All right. This is a, this could be a Bender trivia question, right? I'm going right. on Bender's 2020 QB list, May of 2020. There are four players on the May 2020 list that are on your May 2023 list. <laughs> Can you name those four players? Well, well I know, I know at least two right <laughs> off my head because I I put it in the article. I was like, because I was actually scanning through it. Um, so so we'll, yeah, who, I, I know a couple who, of them. Who has let? Who has lived on for four years? That this uh, on your summer list of of quarterbacks to watch. So um, yeah, so let's get into this, and um, you know. Uh, with all the transferring going on, it, this has got to be getting harder and harder each summer. No, it is, but it's you know it's, it's fun to do. It's a con- everybody always asks, "What's your methodology?" I mean, some of it you and I, I had you send twenty five. I put my twenty five. There's um, eleven of them transferred, and that's not that's this year. There's so there's eleven or no eleven have transferred overall, and I think there's only the good news is there's only two first time transfers. Uh, Devin Leary and Sam Hartman. So I just anticipate that every year we do this, 40% of the guys are going to be first time or transfer quarterbacks, which is wild, but it's just part of the game. You know, I think one of the debates that you and I had, the hard part for me is like kind of projecting forward and really going in on that. I mean, Ohio State's quarterback, you could just slot in at a particular spot each year. You know, a couple years ago, we had CJ Stroud 18 and probably should have went higher. Same with Bryce Young. I think we had an 11. He won the Heisman Trophy. But it's like it's a system quarterback that's in a system that's on the best team in college football. So um, those are hard. Uh, we talked about Dante Moore and Shadur Sanders and Connor Wiegman, who I really like that didn't make the list. Drew Aller's another one that didn't even make the list. But I think it's just because we need to see more. And you know, that that's, speaks to the fact that those guys didn't make the list shows how loaded this list really is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so you got Caleb Williams at number one, Drake May at number two. Gap between one and two, not huge, right? I mean, I heard someone talk about Drake May. If he was in the draft this year, he might have gone number one in the NFL draft this year. Do you agree with that? Uh, he would have been in the discussion. I mean, mm-hmm. because he has the size, the mobility, the 
the ability to read the field. Um, you know, in talking to the uh, people at North Carolina, he he loves Aaron Rodgers, so he he emulates that game a little bit. And just I, I to me, it's his ability to see the field and kind of the fear. It's it's almost like a. And I know we we talk about the Packers a lot because I love him. It's he's his style is a cross between Rodgers and Favre because he plays with you know Mac had to tell him a little bit last year like you need to get down you can't put your shoulder down we need you in the game so he's got that kind of attitude about him so definitely in the discussion for one but I'll be honest I mean we just default setting Caleb Williams one it was more of a debate with me Drake May and Michael Penix who Mm -hmm. should be number two as far as a college quarterback goes because Michael Penix led the nation in total yards last year he did and he's got top receivers back this year you know Washington definitely is going to compete for the Pac-12 championship going to compete for a playoff spot and and they're going to go as far as Penix can take them and Penix took them pretty far last year yeah and and again another guy so those three kind of were were separate from everybody else then I'd say the next tier was the guys that was four to eight um Jaden Daniels Jordan Travis they'll they'll play each other Six and seven. That'll be mm-hmm. a really good matchup in week one. Um, 16 weeks till that game, Bill. Well, good. I, I can I, I I can wait, you know, because that gives me time to get all these stories done. Um, if I can't get them done in 16 weeks, we've got a problem. Uh, Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy was another one that I kicked around. Well, should I put McCarthy over him? But I think Bo Nix's production last year, he is one of the guys on that Trochi trivia, I think. <laughs> We'll get to it, but I think Bo Nix has been around long enough that I've had him on this list, had him on this list at least four times. So, (laughs) um, yeah, so, you know, again, it's fun, but I think through all the transfer quarterbacks and then the guys that there's guys like Grayson McCall that's been around forever and he stayed in the same place. I think I've had him. He's almost reserved his own spot between five and 13 every year. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he had that outstanding season. They, they Coastal lost a ton of players last year. Was they were pretty inexperienced. He wasn't able to put up the same numbers as he had the previous year. I'm not sure people understood the amount of good players they were losing because um, uh, you know, hey, Grayson's back. They won a bunch of games last year. I'm sure they're going to be good again. And you know, they were, but um, he wasn't able to be quite as productive as he was the year before. He comes back again. They have a little more experience. They lost their head coach, so we'll see what happens there um, with Grayson. Uh, one more year running it back at Coastal Carolina. Um, guy I liked, uh, you know, you, we submitted our, our top 25 lists. You took a look at mine, and I looked at yours. Um, I like Riley Leonard at Duke. Uh, had him – I did the ACC breakdown. I think I had him fourth in the conference. Uh Behind, well, we had Sam Hartman because we included Notre Dame in the ACC. We had, I had Hartman, uh, Jordan Travis, and Drake May ahead of him. Uh, but I picked him ahead of Cade Klubnick. Um, and, you know, he had a terrific season last year. He really, you know, he, he, compete, he completed uh, 64% of his passes, 20 touchdowns, and six interceptions. And he was the league's number one rushing quarterback. He had 699 yards on the ground and 13 more touchdowns there. Um, their entire offense is back uh, for this year. They averaged 33 points a game last year, and they won nine games. So, um, you know, uh, as I've said, the helmets still say Duke on them, um, but they could still really be really, really good on offense again. 
And I think it starts with Leonard. Yeah, we have a Duke quarterback and a Kentucky quarterback ranked back-to-back. Who knew? Um, (laughs) With Bradley Leonard and the numbers he was able to put up. Uh, Kind of a, I'm not going to call him a lightweight Drake May, but a similar kind of player. Maybe not the same passing skills and maybe runs a little more, but a very good, prolific quarterback. Had a huge game against North Carolina last year that that we all remember. And back-to-back with Devin Leary, who is kind of the mystery quarterback to me because – it's less than like, so like Sam Hartman in Notre Dame, I just feel like he's going to be fine. He'll be good. I don't know if it's going to be Wake Forest numbers good, but he'll be good. Leary's more of a mystery because we've seen him very good. 35 touchdowns, five interceptions in 2021 versus last year where injuries inconsistent, didn't go well, um, still throws the ball downfield incredibly well. And with Liam Cohen and Kentucky Cohen, they, they, they could have a breakout season and wouldn't surprise me if he puts up Will Lovis type stats. So I, I think Devin Leary is very interesting in that spot. Yeah, Leary was an interesting guy. He he took a step back last year. It's like Brendan Armstrong was another guy who came into the year at, uh, near the top of the ACC rankings, you would say, among quarterbacks. He took a big step back too. Um, and then uh, he's actually back this year at NC State replacing Leary. Uh, so we'll see if he can, you know, regain his footing. He's reunited with his offensive coordinator, who he had when he had so much success at Virginia. So I don't know if it's if that combo will uh, boost Brendan Armstrong back up to where he was two years ago or whatever. But um, yeah, Larry's a guy that showed a ton two years ago. And, you know, you know it's still in there somewhere. So um, and 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 Kentucky is excited to have Cohen back as the offensive coordinator. We are going to get the most pushback about Joe Milton. And I know you had him a little lower than I did. I had him at 16. We have him at 16. And you could make the case that Joe Milton could win the Heisman Trophy. And you could also make the case that he will be an undrafted free agent that maybe doesn't play in the NFL outside of a practice squad. And that's what makes him so intriguing because what it comes down to is the arm strength. I mean, he can throw the ball forever and he throws rockets and he's been doing this since he was a Michigan quarterback and had the debut against Minnesota when we were dropping Cam Newton comparisons, but it's going to come down to the accuracy. You mentioned Hendon Hooker at the top. Hendon Hooker was great at Tennessee because he fit into Josh Heupel's system and he completed 70% of his passes. If, if, Milton is around 65 to 70%. There won't be a ton of drop-off, but I don't know. Is he a pitcher or is he a, you know what I mean? Is he a fastball pitcher or does he throw? And we're going to find out which one it is. Well, I mean, Heupel's offense, excuse me, (coughs) gets people open. Right. You can get a guy who's not super, super, super accurate completions because no one solved this this offense yet, you know. Maybe they will in year two, but um, <clears throat> yeah. they were, I mean, people were running free all day last year, and that was, you know, obviously part of Hooker's success as well. Yeah, and I and so he's the one that I, I anticipate will get the most pushback. Why don't you have Joe Milton higher? Why don't you have him higher than? Well, we don't have him higher than Jaden Daniels. And we don't have him higher than a Spencer Rattler who, you know, came on really hard at the end of last year. He had a really good 
last three game stretch where he had three 364 yards per game in those last three games. Another one I like a lot, and I know I ripped on that team a lot last year, is Kansas and Jalen Daniels. I think <laughs> I think he's pretty phenomenal. And he's coming off the bull game performance. He got hurt, and you know, he's a sleepy pick in there that they they definitely have a good season. I think he'll continue to develop with Lance Leopold, put up good numbers. It's kind of funny. We have him ranked back to back with uh, KJ Jefferson. Those are the two that played that ridiculous Liberty bowl last year and put up those big numbers. So, you know, there's, there's so many talented, fun quarterbacks on here. And, and like I said, when I started this list, I had 38 names. So I was already upset because I came to you. I was like, well, that means 13 of these guys aren't going to be on the list. So I, if I have, and that includes Curtis Rourke from Ohio University, who is another talented group of five quarterback. Uh, Austin Reed, Western Kentucky. There's a lot of really good quarterbacks that we didn't squeeze on here that, yeah, if, if they want to come at me and say you're wrong, I'll probably say at the end of the year, I'll probably be saying you're right. So G5, yeah, you, just real quick, you you get we got Grayson McCall on there. And then Frank Harris, UTSA uh, at 22, and Michael Pratt, Tulane at 24. Uh, what got those guys on, uh, got, got those guys on over the other guys you just mentioned. Yeah. Pratt, obviously coming off the cotton bowl. Uh, they do have a coordinator switch, very efficient, you know, kind of like a Riley Leonard runs the ball a little bit as well. Good numbers. Frank Harris does it all for UTSA and he's been doing it all for three years. I know they lost the bull game and he didn't play particularly well in that, but I mean, he just fits in Jeff Trailer's offense. He's thrown just 21 picks the last three seasons. And, uh, McCall, I, I I love Grayson McCall. I, I you know you wrote the feature on him. I know it's been ups and downs at, at Coastal. There was talk about him maybe going to a Power Five school, but I've liked his game because you know, what I always tell you, I what do I look for? Completion percentage up around seventy. Throws a lot of touchdowns. Can run a little bit. Doesn't throw picks. And is a leader that everybody likes. So Grayson McCall pretty much checks all of those boxes at Coastal. And, uh, you know, he's another veteran. I think he's he's also going to be part of this trivia question answer. We'll see at the end. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he was. He was uh, very well respected uh, last year. Um, I think people in, within that program are pulling for him to make the NFL. Um, you know, I went to the uh, game here at Georgia State. And, you know, Coastal won a ton of games in 2020 during a, a pandemic year in 2021. And they, um, you know, beat Georgia State. And they have those, you know, especially um, they have all those crazy celebrations in the locker room and all that stuff. And, you know, Grayson has been around for a lot of those at this point. Um, but uh, he was right in the middle of it, right after just an ordinary victory over Georgia State, still with the same enthusiasm and, and excitement. And, um, you know, so – you write about the leadership qualities of him. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm pulling for him too. Hope he can puts up a, a big year and uh, finds his way onto an NFL roster at some point. So um, let's um, move on. Unless you got anyone else you want to talk about? No, I mean, it's a good list and obviously uh, check it out. And I know it, it peaks during the season. So I know like people like to say, I told you so I've been known <laughs> to do that a time or two. So, I mean, I'm sure there's some things that'll bite at the end of the year and I'm sure there's some things we'll look back and be, Hey, we got that one right. And that's, that's what these lists are all about. 
Right. The funny thing is we we update it halfway through the season, usually. And the uh, preseason one still seems to get more traffic than the updated one because <laughs> people like to- Right. They just like <laughs> to say, you were really wrong about this guy. I mean, of course. Um, so, yeah. So the final topic here, some some ACC realignment talk, um, you know, uh, some reporting this week from CBS Sports' Dennis Dodd and Sports Illustrated Ross Dellinger. Uh, that seven ACC schools have been meeting to try and figure out how to get out of their grant of rights media deal that uh, lasts through 2036 and essentially uh, has everyone in the ACC far behind uh, media revenue in the Big Ten and the SEC for sure, uh, as much as $30 million. Florida State was very vocal about it in January, uh, spoke publicly about it, uh, they feel like <clears throat> it's not a tenable situation. They need to figure out something. And then apparently um, a group of seven. So it's Florida, Florida, uh, sorry, it's Florida State, Clemson, Miami, which is the three biggies. And then North Carolina, North Carolina State, Virginia and Virginia Tech. A group of seven who are exploring options, whether to tr- somehow defect and, and leave the league at the same time, which potentially could dissolve the grant of rights uh, legal uh, issues that tie those schools um, to the conference and, and all the revenue if they get out of the conference. If, if the deal dissolves, then they're free to negotiate and possibly, who knows, start their own conference, find their own broadcast partner. It, it's it's very complicated, but they're, they're exploring it at least. Uh, the ACC meetings are going on right now in Amelia Island, Florida, and um, the uh, commissioner, Jim Phillips, Uh, told the ADs, do not talk to the media. The media was waiting outside the conference doors after the first night of meetings. And all the ADs listened to Jim Phillips. They walked past. No leaks, no no comments uh, thus far. Anyway, um, you know, but it it just, it seems like uh, Jim Phillips did, it was reported, meet with ESPN to be like, can we can we get any more money in our deal here? Because we got a lot of problems and that's not good for college football. Uh, but I don't think ESPN is going to be forthcoming, uh, adding any money to the deal. They don't necessarily have any incentive other than uh, they don't want to see the ACC dissolve, obviously. But, um, you know, Disney's going through some layoffs right now. Not a good time to be asking for, for some extra money. So Jim Phillips inherited a tough situation, not his fault uh, as to where this media rights deal is. But um, I don't envy his job right now. Do you? <laughs> No, it's not going to be easy because the ACC is. If we were ranking the these conferences, they're third in the pecking order. I think they're a solid three because of the TV deal, because of the programs, because of a lot of things. But it's not the SEC, and it's not the Big Ten. And I, I would like to know who these did it. It didn't. Those articles didn't say who the seven schools were, right? But yeah, I, they did. Florida they, State, Clemson, Miami. Did. And then uh-huh. UNC, NC State, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. So all of the schools that are football brands-ish, except North Carolina and right. North Carolina State that are more basketball. But still, I mean, if you're Florida State, Clemson, yeah, you're – there's Florida – of those seven, so those seven, four would fit the SEC, SEC definitely. Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina. And if they were willing to take on NC State, that's 20. 
You know, right. Virginia fits the Big Ten. So, I yeah, I think ahead. I think it was the three football superpowers, essentially, you know, mm-hmm. traditionally in Florida State, Clemson, and Miami. And then North Carolina and Virginia are two states that neither the Big Ten or the SEC are in yet and could be targets. Yeah, I mean, North Carolina and Duke, that's been a, a Big Ten thing for a while. Uh, you know, at least a discussion, and it makes sense. You're going to go. So what I think, ultimately, like the long game here, the ACC, to me, those seven schools have a better chance of joining the SEC in the Big Ten than they have going and forming their own conference because what are they going to call their own conference? The the silent seven. That's good. It's a, you could get a pretty good T-shirt out of that, but you're not going to get the money that you're going to get out of the Big Ten and the SEC. So I just... Long game-wise, I continue to see a world where the Big Ten and the SEC have 24 to 32 schools, and they just – it's like the AFC and the NFC, and we wrote about that last year. And it's – piece by piece, it could happen unless the ACC gets the TV money they need and unless the Big 12 gets the TV money they need. You know, we we taught – there was – Ross wrote about the Pac-12 as well. I still think the Pac-12 is in huge trouble. I think if Oregon and Washington were to go to the Big Ten, which is possible, and if Colorado and the Arizona schools, for example, were to go to the Big 12, the Pac-12 would basically be the old whack Mm -hmm. where we kind of watch it for fun, but it would be no different than Maction at that point. Right. I'm pulling for the Pac-12 to survive this. Uh, There was a quote that Big Ten – explored or kevin warren when he was still there was looking at oregon and washington like he mm-hmm. said and went back to the tv networks and said all right how much money is will you increase our media rights deal if we get oregon and washington and the answer was not much yeah. and so that that cooled significantly there was another quote in there uh one of the two stories that sec is content where they are they're not really looking to expand at all in the near term and um you know, one of the ACC solutions, the, the quote that stuck with me when I was just thinking about poor Jim Phillips is Florida State and, and Clemson especially are going to start pushing for unequal revenue distribution within the conference to make up for the revenue gap they see with, um, you know, the SEC and the Big Ten. And, um, you know, they they're, all their games are the, the highest rated games. And they know that the value of the TV contract is, is, is based primarily on the big games that they produce when they're, when they're on. And one comment from a, I think it was a, uh, an AD outside the conference uh, anonymous quote was once you start doing that, the culture of the, of the conference is going to break apart. And this, that'll be the beginning of the end. The culture of a conference that, traditionally is perceived as a basketball conference anyway. You know, with, when I think ACC, and it, this, with all due respect to the football programs, I think of basketball first. You know, you think of North Carolina, Duke, the old Maryland games, the, the, the amount of national championships that conference has produced on the basketball floor. And in real, reality, with football, Florida State didn't join that conference till, you know, early 2000s. Right or no nice. 90s? No, oh, no, that's that's Miami. I got that. Though. I mix it Miami. So Florida State has been around, but I still, you know, Clemson was dormant for a while. They don't, 
you don't think ACC football national championships without those two schools. And because Miami, quite frankly, hasn't done it in a long time. And they definitely haven't done it since joining the conference. So they haven't even won the ACC yet. Um, but yeah, I, I still think it's a definitely a basketball first conference. And that's what's got to hurt because basketball doesn't drive as much revenue as football does. And I think that AST, that, uh, sorry, that, that AD was re- re- referencing the Texas, Oklahoma, especially Texas, right. they have the Longhorn Network, and they, they sort of demanded to be treated differently than the rest of the league. <clears throat> and that never went well um with the rest of the big 12 and i think they see the acc possibly going down that path and that that right sowed some discontent so all right before we get out of here bill trochi trivia answer so there you had four guys on your 2020 may 2020 top 25 quarterbacks list that are now on your may 2023 top 25 quarterbacks list you mentioned bo nix you are correct bo nix from Auburn to Oregon is one. You got three more that are on both lists. I knew it like a half hour ago. Now I forgot the other name, like one other name. I forgot. I think Jaden Daniels is definitely on there. Jaden Daniels, was, Arizona State. Now he's at LSU, so he obviously transferred. I think Spencer Rattler's been on this list for like seven years. <laughs> Spencer so. Rattler was an Oklahoma quarterback. He is now a South Carolina quarterback. So that's three out of four. I'll give and you a hint. I'll give you a hint. All four transfers. So, so the fourth guy's a transfer. Let me, let me let me peek real quick. See if it because I had it in my head. One. So I said Nick's. I said him. Hold on one second. Let me just scan through the list. <laughs> I think I can get it. Not him. Mm, give me one second. I'm almost to the top. No way. It's not. It's not. You said this last guy's a transfer. I know. I'm stalling. Um, that's all right. Hartman? Nope. Who is it? Dylan Gabriel. Oh my gosh! I, I, he is I, a UCF quarterback in 2020. Now, of course, he's at Oklahoma. Of course. Yeah. No, he's he's a regular on the list too, and very effective. Good sleeper because when he's healthy, he's super productive. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, this is uh, it's it's amazing that some of these guys last for so long. So. All right. Well, I think that is it. That's all we got for you this week. Uh, We thanks everyone again for listening to the COP Nation All-America podcast. Enjoy the rest of your day and we will see you next week.